Usually today's what? April 16th. I don't know. <laughs> and you're listening to <laughs> Chipster Life. <laughs> well, I always do like a separate intro, like that frames it, and then. Oh, okay. Well, because usually I just like dump it on people. I just like hit record, and we'll just start talking, and they're like, "What?" Okay. Like yes, we're recording. So I'll let you. Yeah, I'll let you guys like. Hey, Philly. Thanks for having us. Hey, no problem. Yeah, thank you. So, what are we talking about today? A lot of things, starting with the weather outside, <laughs> and then well, we should talk about shifting, that weather slowly shifting into <laughs> issues of diversity at the University well, of Minnesota. It's, it's <laughs> looking fu- white outside. It's fucking snowing. It's white everywhere. Yeah. Inside, outside. When I moved from California, I was like, oh my god, I'm going to the great white north. Pun Literally. In, pun intended. You were not kidding. No, but it is it's snowing. It's April 15th April or something. April 16th, 16th at 4.21 p.m. And it's been snowing all day. And it is yeah. white outside. And, and inside. You know, my family is from Chihuahua. Like they're, really? They're my family is from... I'm from Torreon. This, this is not appropriate. I'm not used to this. This to is my, not okay. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> to my heritage. This isn't work for me. This is unfortunate. I always talk about how my... I'm not designed for this kind of no. weather. I'm designed for, like, the desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hot weather. Mm-hmm. I can handle yeah. yeah. This is terrible. Anyway, so um, you all are working on the. Who's diversity? You're working on. Oh, let's, let's do names too. Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. Okay. whoa, whoa, whoa. Nobody knows who you are. Whoa, slow down. <laughs> um, so my name is Tori Hong, and I'm a senior here at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. Um, I'm designing my own major through the intercollege program. And the three areas are social justice, leadership, and communication studies. Cool. Cool. That makes sense why you're so amazing. (laughs) I mean, like, thank you. (laughs) All warm and gooey before we get angry. Of course. You gotta give credit where credit is due. Of course. Um, So I'm Idalia Robles de Leon. I'm also a senior here at the University of Minnesota. I have also worked here. Um, I'm majoring in Chicano Latino Studies. I've been here since 2007 as an employee. Um, and I've been in a number of spaces, including La Raza, um, some community spaces in our danza group in Quetzal, Quetzal Cuatlique. And right now, I'm focusing all my efforts and energies into one, graduating, and two, mm-hmm. into uh, the host diversity campaign, which is a continuation of a very long conversation. Yeah. Uh, most recently, it was um, addressed in 2010 and 11 by the Who's University campaign, which was led by Hannah Worku and uh, Sophie Shank, um, who are still a part of this conversation, in mm-hmm. fact, and it's very exciting. Uh, but we thought about bringing that back bringing yeah. that conversation back since, you know, whose university um, heavily emphasized an education approach and, you know, there were a lot of really amazing conversations that took place, but they were critical questions. It was a critical education. Um, well, let's backtrack a little bit. And mm-hmm. What are the sort of the underlying principles of, of whose diversity this campaign and whose university? Lay, so, lay it down for I me. don't think, I mean, it's not me, one of the things give me that, something to hold on to. <laughs> so I get my head around it. We're all about ambiguity. No, I know. I'm just I know, I know. No, we all are. That's, Following it, the traditions and of it gets worse. Chicano so, feminists. I'm a, I'm a grad student too. It gets worse. But like, sometimes we need some anchors, you know. Yeah. So we're looking at the structural problems that okay. happen at, at the university. Uh, and how these structural problems uh, filter out people of color working class people, people uh, who may be GLBTQ, mm-hmm. who may be differently abled, um, and then not just filtering people like this out, but actually when those of us who manage to you know, 
sneak through the system and get in, what happens when once we're here? What yeah. happens in the classrooms? Mm -hmm. What happens when our professors don't look like us? What happens when the texts we're reading mm -hmm. do not reflect our experiences and our um, ideas, our visions, our ontologies? And what happens in the spaces that are intended to provide support for us, yeah. uh, like the student cultural centers, the Office for Equity and Diversity, uh, what happens in the ethnic studies departments, and how these places do not receive adequate support. From the university. Um, from okay. the university. So we're looking at a huge problem right. uh, that addresses multiple communities. Uh, we've been using the language of historically marginalized communities as a way to uh, address the fact that this is a systematic problem, that it's not that we are minorities or that we're mm -hmm. exclusively people of color, exclusively working class, you know, that right. there is an intersectional lens to right. all of this. Right. I mean, that's um, the other thing you suggest and describe in talking about LGBT, LGBTQ. Yeah. I think I'm missing a letter there. Mm -hmm. Issues is it's, it's an intersectional problem. Right, right. Mm -hmm. right. And since, all, you know, we're intersectional people. <laughs> right. yeah. um, so that's why we're, we're looking at it um, as, you know, as a problem that's been imposed on historically marginalized communities. Yes. Um, so I don't yes. know if you want to add. Um, and I think that whose diversity is really focusing on the, like, we... We intentionally chose the word historically because we want to be grounded in our history. So often mm -hmm. the university and other other uh, neoliberal institutions um, try to erase our history, whitewash sure. it, um, mm -hmm. pretend like we never existed. You know, we talk about mm -hmm. the Renaissance and we never talk about the colored people that make a difference there. Or, right. you know, it's all about these white dudes who like wrote these... Enlightened the world. The world. <laughs> um, so our, our histories have been, you know, have been erased. And we have been erased for centuries, ever since the start of colonization. And so that's that language and the focus of our group is very intentional. Well, I think when, whenever we, we are present in the historical record, it's often... We're distorted. In really problematic ways. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. Right. I mean, right. We, we're either like chugging down people's hearts or right. <laughs> or we have smaller brains or, mm -hmm. you know, smaller mm -hmm. craniums. I, or it's one it. great right. black person who, right. who embodies everything yeah. and mm -hmm. of this monolithic community and that's it. Or who yeah. only, or these like civil rights leaders who are now represented as only representing one vector. Right. right. Where they didn't, as if they didn't have a class analysis right. or they didn't right. have like a, a gender analysis. And we have the Mandela's of the world who are now celebrated, but they were prosecuted by yep. the government. Yeah. Like, and, that, and that's erased. And he was a guerrilla fighter. Right. And no one ever talks about the fact yep. that he was a guerrilla fighter. Like, it yep. was righteous. Yep, yep. So like, we're it, getting... His presidency was the last breath of his life. Like, his work before that was very mm -hmm. politically mm -hmm. militant. Right. You know? Right. Whatever. So that's what we're trying to get to. Um, so is this is this a, a camp? So this is a campaign based here at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. Yes, but we're also in conversation with other campuses. Okay. Great. Um, there is the higher education justice uh, movement um, of Minnesota, which initially started as a response to what's happening to Professor Shannon Gibney at um, MCTC, which is a community college. Um, the so, Minneapolis Community Technical College, and how she was talking about structural racism in one of her classes. Mm -hmm. right. And, you know, white students complained, two or three white students mm -hmm. complained to the administration that they felt uncomfortable. Instead of supporting uh, academic freedom and academic, uh, you know, inquiry for Professor Gibney, the administration uh, punished her. Mm -hmm. And so that's how that um, conversation started with HEJM. 
Um, and we've been in conversation with them. Now it's students from uh, McAllister, um, from MCTC, and from the University of Minnesota yeah. that have mm-hmm. been in dialogue so about these things. McAllister College is a small private school. Right, right. It's a small liberal arts private college. MCTC is... Um, a community college. Here in downtown Minneapolis. Yep. Yeah, yeah. For folks that don't know, that are like, hey, I don't know anything about Minnesota. No, right. What? <laughs> These letters, what? Yeah, and we are also, <laughs> yeah, we talked to um, folks at UW, uh, sorry, University of Michigan. Um, they had the BBUM hashtag going on, being black yes. at University of Michigan. And right. we talked to um, their, the people who are organizing over there. Um, we started a conversation with folks at UW-Madison who are also pushing for racial justice. Um, again, I want to state that Whose Diversity is pushing for more than racial justice um, mm-hmm. because we are working from an intersectional lens, but mm-hmm. it's good to be in conversation because this is a movement that's happening across the nation. I mean, mm-hmm. the I2M Harvard hashtag, which has been branching out Rich. to dozens of colleges across the nation, um, BBUM, there's just so much going on here. Yeah, and we've also, in fact, um, the students in the education department at the University of, Mil- of Illinois in Chicago mm-hmm. um, have also uh, organized and are also in these conversations with their administration, uh, dealing with a lot of the same questions. You know, mm-hmm. these are things that, like, they're part of the history of this country, sure. uh, but they manifest themselves at the colleges, at the universities where, you know, the future quote-unquote leaders are being produced. So that's why we're, you know, it's so important to address it at this point um, because these ideas keep bleeding over into other spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why we think it's really crucial. And since we're here right now, um, you know, it's really important for us to address these questions as as they stand. And here locally, like tangibly, how are you representing this campaign? What what are you all doing? What What projects? Uh, Well, I'm trying to... You know, like flow into like what what the stuff that was going on last week. So you all had like a like a space where folks can record their testimonials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we, in that way, I guess how's it represented? We I was, opened I was up. Yeah. Trying to segue that, but I didn't. <laughs> as gently as I hope. I I saw that all along. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we've we've had a number of projects. Right. Uh, we started organizing early in the fall semester last year. Um, but, you know, little by little, our conversation has had to adjust and adapt to the changes that are that mm-hmm. are thrown at us, the challenges that are thrown at us, uh, which is actually like a pretty cool way to do it because it it gives us this fluidity to adjust. Mm. It's to, very organic to in that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the whole point. This is how your communities survive, right? And this isn't, um, I, I guess, I guess the other part that makes it a little elusive is that this isn't like a, like a club or anything, right? This is just no. like a collective this of folks that are folks. concerned about a particular issue. Right, right. right. And so, uh, for example, there was an unveiling ceremony uh, for the second Florian Kaufman. And for folks who don't know, the second Florian Kaufman houses all the student cultural centers. La Raza, the American Indian Student Cultural Center, the Black Student um, Union, um, the Asian Student Union, the Queer Student Cultural Center, the Women Student Activist Collective, um, and disabled. and other group, uh, yeah, the Disabled Student Cultural Center, Al Medina. So all of these um, organizations that represent folks from historically marginalized communities, and um, the the way this space used to be was that um, it didn't necessarily 
centralize any group in particular. You would walk up to the second floor and you could see down a, a long hallway um, and student cultural centers would f were like facing each other, physically facing each other. The doors to mm -hmm. each student cultural mm -hmm. center would, you know, they would face each other. So there was a lot of interaction going mm -hmm. on. Um, it allowed for these other conversations yeah. to happen, right? Um, within the, yes, within the structure, it encourages interaction. Right, mm -hmm. right. And uh, so there was that. And there were also some amazing, amazing, powerful murals, which, as you know, murals are a way of claiming space. Mm -hmm. And especially when, they're, when they have content that reflects those communities, they're really powerful. So La Raza had a huge mural. Um, BSU had a huge mural. BSU's mural actually contained the history of the Moral Hall student takeover, which was a group of black students who took over Moral Hall, where the administration is, and that led to the creation of the African and African American Studies Department, eventually the Chicano Latino Studies Department. Uh, so, so I'm that assuming that image, takeover was like in the 60s, 70s? Yeah. 69. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and, you know, the like the Chicano Latino Studies Department here at the U of M is the first Chicano Studies right. Department that was created uh, in the Midwest. I think it was even created before some of the programs in California. I think it was, yeah. And I think pe people don't know that, but we should probably just really hit on that point, that this is yeah. one of the first Chicano Studies it was, Departments It was created the before the Cesar Chavez yeah. <laughs> and, and some of the other programs in California, which is amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, who would think in the Midwest Especially given the happen. demographics at that time. Like, mm hmm Nowhere near where we are now. Folks were fears, though. They were like, no, we're going to get this done. <laughs> we, we see a lot of things that need to be addressed. Yeah. And so um, a Republican white student, male, um, straight, complained. And he, you know, he... Recently, in the last... It was 2010. Okay. Um, he started complaining. He complained. He was harassing so this Jerry Reinhardt. Been up for thirty years, and one person complains in two thousand ten. He complained, yeah. and that, that led to the demolition of the murals. So that gave. I mean, it's something amazing that thirty years it took one white dude to say something. So that means that, like, what that indicates is that. And like, I think actually the murals were not have not been there for thirty years. I think okay, they were actually right. created. Within the last 10, 15 years. That's still big But that's time. still, I mean, that. But it's like, it's like they, they waited for an opening. They right. waited for somebody to, like, okay, right. we just need one person to complain and we'll just yep. take, tear that shit yep. down. Yep. So, and that's what they did. <laughs> that's pretty Damn. much what they did. I mean, and the original plan was mm. to do away with the whole second floor. They wanted to get rid of all the of the space for the student cultural centers. Where were they going to put people? Um, they're going to dump them on the floor outside. No, <laughs> I don't know. You, people, you brown people belong in the, the dirt. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so, Jesus. So with so that, callous, man. <laughs> it was it's pretty evil. evil. It was pretty evil. It's just like you know, as an aside, like it's just like I've talked to you guys about this a little bit before. Like when I moved here from California, it's like. It's not, it's not like racism doesn't just, you know, are specific to specific regions. It's just how it's manifested is very different, right? right? Like Some of the things that I deal with on a daily basis here, I would never hear in California just because mm -hmm. there's a certain... Because we're outnumbered. Yeah, no. <laughs> when we got numbers in California, we'd be like, yeah. I'll throw down with my homies behind me. Like, we're good. Yeah, but you know? no, it's not, but it's not like people don't harbor those ideas. It's just right. that, right. you know, they, they know they have to conceal it because mm -hmm. we just have a different relationship to them. Right. Like, some of the shit that goes on here is crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. You know, <laughs> and you wouldn't believe it unless you were there. And you were like, Right, yeah. unless I see it. The yeah. president of the university just said that. Right. On record. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. He said it. 
You said it out loud. Let's, let's <laughs> what's, jump, a, what's a quote, Idalia? Let's ju- we'll jump. We'll jump oh, into that in a okay, second. Okay. Let's just because I don't we keep wrap jumping up the around Kaufman and, conversation. Yeah. Let's just wrap up the Kaufman conversation because that's fascinating. Yeah. So then, um, story time with Idalia. They wanted. I know. Yeah. <laughs> get your kids gather. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to you. We'll go back to you. Kids gather around. This is partly why I like the podcast format too because it's like we're all listening to radio. Chocolate and marshmallows. I don't know why you're representing like a white. No, I'm like a grandma. No, dude. No, I'm like, like, I'm trying like, to give the kids to my grandkids. Yeah, why not? I mean, my grandma would do it to me. Yeah, but I'm envisioning little kids yeah, being around with, like, me for story time. At least like champurado and like some pan de dulce. Champu- well, you, I didn't say what kind of chocolate. Uh, I'm thinking abuelita. So. Uh, <laughs> you're the one who's imposing your uh, images on what? me. Yeah, fair enough. Call out. <laughs> So anyway, so then... So Hoffman, white guy. <laughs> so they they wanted to do away with the space, right? <laughs> they dump them on the floor, too. And then they created... Jesus. Yeah, and then they created these, like, Fuck. public forums, as they always do, so that students <sighs> would come in and give testimony and basically try to defend why we needed these spaces, which is already pretty fucking awful, right? Um, so students would come in, a lot of them in tears, literally sure, saying, yeah. this is the only, the only the reason only why space. I exist in this university yeah. is because I have this space. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was pretty awful. Every now and then some white dude in a suit would go up and be like, this is stupid. Uh, just to disrupt the flow of the conversation. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. So anyway, what that ended up well, leading to. Just to remind them that this, even that conversation wasn't there. Right. It wasn't their space either. But it's not even right. That we own right. this shit. Right. Yeah. Like, right. That's you. that's what it was about. Remind you that your place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me check you. Um, so then they the quote unquote compromise was that they would remodel the second floor, and in that remodeling they did away with the murals. Damn. They did away with the murals. They imposed these contracts on the student cultural centers. Um, the original conversation was that student cultural centers would have to apply for this space every other year. Oh. By the time we got the contracts, they stayed at 12 months. So in that summer period, they shifted from 12, two years to one year. So they, mm-hmm. um, they dragged it and then made it worse. They yep. did. Yep. They did. And then it wow. contained some like horrific language. Like if you're... You know, basically they were like, we're going to grade you. We're going to give you a green, yellow, or red, depending on your performance. If you're consistently on the red. This is like third grade. No, I have the documents. I have the documents to prove it. And then they were like, if you're on the red consistently, then you will have to evacuate the space. And then the Mm -hmm. contract literally states... Um, you will leave basically like you will leave without making noise. Yep. yep. Um, silently and yeah. You have to like walk out. You yeah. have to like with all your I'll stuff. Find it. Yeah. It's so, like, really it's, gross language. So like it, it the language itself is describing how it is that you need to exit a building. Yeah. Like that that level you, of like yep. control yep. and like body con- yep. Jesus. Yeah, and policing of the spaces. Right, right. Which, wow. Yeah. And what, what what and what constitutes red? Like what what were the criteria for these? That's the whole thing. They get to determine. They just make it up as they go along. They totally make it up as they go along. Yep. Um, I will find you that quote because I'm like, I don't God want people. I want it. the world to know. Yeah. <laughs> what Seriously. this like crazy? Well, we could we could load that up on the, mm-hmm. the podcast um, page too. So you know that God, came that, that came with crazy. the demolition of the. It wasn't just the murals. It right. was everything else that came with it. 
Um, and then, so they were going to celebrate this. <laughs> they oh were going to celebrate the unveiling of the second floor. Of your prison? Right, of yeah. the new prison. <laughs> which, if you've been up there now, honestly, it looks, it looks like a hospital. Mm-hmm. That's what it it's looks like. like and if you really want to get into the, you know, the psychology of it, I've read a lot it's of all about, it's it. all about <laughs> creating docile bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it's all about. About taming everything that's present on that space, cleaning it from any mm-hmm. kind of culture mm-hmm. um, and creating bodies that do not resist. Well, creating, yeah, creating sterile spaces that you can't mm-hmm. give your impression onto. You can't, right. like, mm-hmm. defend, you can't, like, defend right. your space. You can't, like, change the nature you can't of the space. Own you can't it. even claim it. You as can't right. even own right. it yeah. anymore. Right. God. So, You can't we give there. it a different character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where, that's, that's, and that's where we're currently at now. So, so they did that, and then they unveil, they had the unveiling ceremony. The only attendees, honestly, were administration mm-hmm. and those of us who were protesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty evident because as soon when as we this? walked away, it like the whole thing deflated. Um, uh, March twelfth. Yep, re- March. Right. It was recent. March 12th, yeah. So like a year ago, or nope. this March last 12th, month? Wait, no, thirteen. March thirteenth, because we had the panel on Monday. Yeah, and it was on Wednesday. So last month. It was on Wednesday. It was the 12th. Yes, last month? Last month. This is very recent. Yeah. It was very recent. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they were pretty unhappy with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Yeah. It's like they waited 15 years just to jab the knife, but why yeah. Why now? Why no. now? Well, because a white guy complained and also threatened lawsuits. That was another thing that's missing from yeah. the story. Yeah. He threatened lawsuits to sue the university. Um, he hinted what was at the... He hinted at the lawsuits. I don't. I don't know all that. I, mean, I, I have the letter. I can. I can. We can also put it up. Well, in the I, podcast. Yeah, we put everything up. Everything. All of it. Everything. Yep. I love it. All I mean, I'm a historian. I like the sources. Cool. Mm-hmm. We'll give you. Sources. Well, because like I. I mean, I got. I, somebody threatened to sue me like three weeks ago, and I, I posted about <laughs> it. And it's like, it's like yes, anyone can sue anyone for anything. It's right. whether it's whether you know you go you actually go through the process because yeah. it's expensive. You mm-hmm. find a lawyer that's crazy enough to actually take the case because right. it's stupid. Right. And a judge agrees that there's merit to the to the case. Right. So this white can, can just say, like the white right. woman that tries to sue me, could just say, oh, I'm going to sue you. And then right. everyone just quivers. and or mm-hmm. the, That's what I'm saying. Like, There was no claims for his... I mean... They were waiting for it. Yeah. They knew they, they, were they know he's not going to sue. It. Yeah. They were no, waiting they were. for the opportunity. They, they were. Totally and if you think it. about it, I mean, they spent $2.5 million to renovate Jeez, the second floor of Coffin Memorial Just one Union. floor. Just one floor. Just one floor. Um, in order to when they don't have money for anything else, right? They're like, oh... Yep. We have two and a half million dollars to put up, like, to destroy murals. To whitewash the space. And to whitewash to, to police us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting because even if he did choose to sue the university, I don't think that the he would settlement. have gotten 2.5 mil out Absolutely of that. Absolutely not. No. Nope. It wouldn't have cost that at all. No. Well, and it also reflects this other sort of, um, uh, I'm in trouble with words today, this other phenomenon that I've been reading about where... Um, some universities, because of these types of lawsuits, are now like putting disclaimers if like the material is going to offend like oh. the sensibilities of a white student. What? Uh, can, like, Where are like, disclaimers? <laughs> I want my disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a disclaimer on the podcast. Hey, white folks, you might get offended by some content. For all you white folks listening. That'll be, that'll be the, I love it because I was watching. Be opening. I was watching this lecture by Patricia Hill Collins, and she's like, oh you know, she's like amazing. This amazing black feminist, and then she's like, <laughs> da da da, and then you know, white folks, and then she's like, can I say white folks? And the <laughs> are like, yes, yes. And she's like, okay, okay, I have your permission, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I love you. 
I like it. I even get nervous because, like, I used to pot when I was podcasting before I was podcasting for my former employer, mm-hmm. Global Citizens Network, who mm-hmm. basically, like, they kind of lied to me about the premise, but they basically try to get white people to go to indigenous communities, oh. wealthy oh. white people, right? I didn't oh. know that. I wasn't really clear about that. They told oh, me a bunch of other shit. Well, of course they did. So it was all, so when I got there and I started realizing what was going on, it was all shady. Yeah. But when I would yeah. do these podcasts with them, I was like, oh shit, I can't say white folks. Because that's like <laughs> right. the people paying for this nonprofit, no-no. essentially. Yeah. But now no-no. I'm like, yeah. it took me a while to get comfortable. Like, fuck it. This is like yeah. designed mm-hmm. for Chicanos, Latinos, communities of color, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can say whatever the hell I want. Right, because right. I can say white folks. <laughs> I won't say cracker because that's kind of mean, but that's, yeah, that's no. just too much. But That's a little too that's much. That's a little too much. <laughs> but And that deflects from like the actual point of conversation. Yeah. Right. Uh, so but Hoffman Hall, white people. White people, uh, white folks. White folks. Yeah, white, rich white folks. Rich yeah. white folks. Another entitled white straight, folks. Yeah. Right? Entitled straight white entitled folks. rich mm-hmm. white folks. Mm-hmm. You were saying? Um, so I didn't know if you wanted to talk more about who's diver- like what else we have been doing. Yep. Um, Take it. Okay, cool. Don't have to wait for me. So, I'll talk about something. Just talk about it. Okay, okay. I'll adjust. So another, um, so we had two other events that happened in, in conjunction with this um, protest or, this direct action, of the unveiling of the second floor. Um, the we, and we like to call it a counter narrative. Right. Yeah, That's what good. it was. We wanted to introduce a counter narrative. Yeah, right. Good. Um, so we held a panel and discussion um, featuring students of. A bunch of different majors and different um, representing different identities and of course representing themselves as students at the university um, and they got to share their own stories their, their testimonies their testimonies mm-hmm. um, about their experiences at the university mm. and then we encouraged the audience to participate because wow. we didn't want it to just be a, a panel talking and then people like extracting their yeah. c- consuming and extracting their stories we wanted to be more of a community-based dialogue well it sounds like you're also creating a space where you're trying to encourage some mm-hmm. healing exactly yeah. and that's exactly what it was unfortunately yeah. Idalia couldn't be there but oh. it was oh, I was crying oh in Santa Barbara <laughs> I was in the ocean just tears coming out of my eyes I was the beach <laughs> eating like a real taco yeah so no, I, I will be honest. I mean, of course, Santa Barbara was beautiful, but I was so sad. The, when I so realized, really when I realized yeah. that I wasn't going to be here, I was like, no, I was devastated. Yeah. Because we put so much, we were very intentional about every single little thing mm-hmm. that we did at that mm-hmm. event. Sure, sure, sure. From the location of the event to um, the questions that we asked, to the people we invited, mm-hmm. uh, to the structure of the event. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, this is what happens at the at the institutionalized events. That you'll have a panel of quote-unquote experts. Sure. Right. Everyone in the audience consumes that story is less than the panelists. Mm-hmm. And like, and like, and often folks of color are in the back are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they said that." Right. Right. Bullshit. Right. What the fuck? And we don't have and a we chance to like, like. No, this is a dialogue no. that we all need to yeah. be a part of and that we all need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to create an opportunity for these folks uh, who represented multiple communities right. and themselves, like Tori said, mm-hmm. uh, but also to create a safe space or as safe as possible because yep. we don't believe in safe spaces mm-hmm. but we wanted it to be as safe, safe as, as possible, reasonably possible right so that people would feel comfortable sharing their stories yeah and and, and that's exactly and, what it was yeah what happened Tori? it was unbelievably like you said cathartic and just amazing at the people that came and the people that spoke and the people that shared and the people that I mean, there were roughly 40 to 50 people who attended and um, in the audience, and the responses were amazing. There was no 
stupid white person derailing the conversation mm. and talking about their guilt and talking about how like there is no racism <laughs> anymore. I know. Like, what oh. can I do? Just like I know I'm white, yeah. but like. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was all like the conversation what, was centered on. And what sort of stories? What can we, what, what were we getting out of? Um, what were folks describing? Well, some of them you can see them on our Tumblr page. Yeah, and we okay. actually have a YouTube video of the panelists. Oh, great! That, okay. Yeah, so we can link you to that as so well. So I'll add that to the post mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was just an amazing experience because I don't think, I mean, and from the comments that we got afterwards, there has never been a sp- like a public space like that at right. the university to truly like be real about our experience or an intentional space it or intentional like. yeah. Yeah. yeah as intentional because public yeah. spaces are what is the problem I think right it's just like let's right. talk about diversity yeah. and like exactly like let's yeah. invite willy nilly and whatever yeah. no I mean it was both in public and intentional space um, because we did flyer mm-hmm. and we did advertise to right. okay. multiple different um, communities as much as we could we, as much as we could and it was we yeah we got creative yeah um <laughs> Let's just put it that way. We creatively advertised. <laughs> Target, targeted advertising. That's the buzzword um, in social media. Yeah. Targeted, yeah. targeted advertising. And that, that event was recently as well? Or? Yep, that was last month as well. Um, March 10th. March 10th. So, the, so, your, your sort of, so this organization has been around for some time, but your activities have been very recent. Right. Okay. So we, we actually started, the like the core of our conversation started late in the fall semester. And then we started meeting weekly. We were playing it by ear, but we're like, let's just make it next week. And then mm-hmm. the meetings are like, they have been really amazing. Um, how many folks come to your meetings? Consistently, Consistently about 10. Okay. Um, but we have, so people come we have a lot of support, yeah. um, which is okay. one of like, yeah. the beautiful things about this is that, you know, the 10 of us have been doing the bulk of organizing, mm-hmm. but throughout we've had dozens of people supporting mm-hmm. our efforts mm-hmm. um, at the university in the community and the you know and like the rest of the community um, we have faculty we have students mm-hmm. who are backing us up on this and kind of being like do this check this out mm-hmm. oh did you see this oh you should talk about this you know so it's mm-hmm. been really amazing um, also having other organizations support us on our own terms so that we can right. maintain our autonomy mm-hmm. that we can Your maintain our vision yeah. our integrity mm-hmm. and you know fall back on people who support us um, yeah. that's been also a really good way of working because we you know we get to protect what we're doing yeah. uh, but we get to engage with other folks mm-hmm. so that's been pretty cool so it sounds it sounds like super loose but also pretty disciplined too yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is what the praxis of Chicano feminism is, right? I mean, really, this is these are the ways of knowing that we bring from our communities. Yeah. This is something that the university will never celebrate because the university, mm-hmm. as a neoliberal project, is all about producing individualistic, capital-producing folks. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. its aim. Um, but here we are, you know, relying on, on our ways of knowing that we all learned at home mm-hmm. and, you know, using the talents that we have, um, surviving this system as, you know, quote unquote, non-mainstream students mm-hmm. or non-traditional students, uh, which is what makes it so badass that we don't have one person leading the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We don't have one person who wants the spotlight. Like, I don't think any of us would no. want the spotlight, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and we've, we're also intentional about that. Mm-hmm. That you know we are. This is something that's going to last for a long time. Right. Um, even as some of us graduate, we want to make sure that there's a structure and the tools um, that so that people who come in next year or 
who you know are still um, at the university can continue to have this conversation and the tools and the leadership mm-hmm. to do it. Well, and I think this, and I think the tools as you're describing them are part of our political heritage. Like we mm-hmm. are a community of people that have resisted, mm-hmm. and right. I think what the university, mm-hmm. it's you know, what I'm sort of thinking about as we're talking about this is university's aim in, the, in destroying Hoffman Hall and the sort of classes mm-hmm. that they teach us is to pull us into a different, to, to for, have us forget that we have that heritage. Right. You know? Right. And, it's, right. That's, and that's really the destructive part for our communities. Right. You know, to have, get us thinking that the best thing to do is like take an economics course as opposed right. to like a mm-hmm. ethics right. study course or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or know? to be all for yourself. To be like, right. you know what? I want to be the leader because right. we've seen that. Right. Because I'm in charge. Um, that and... whole, I want to be the leader of this project and I want the spotlight right. and sure. it's all about me, 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 me. The me. self-absorption. And, like, yeah, that, and then that, that entitlement. So what they're trying to do is teach entitlement so you don't yeah. care about anybody else. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And we see that in multiple sites. I mean, it's, it's of course, it's at the university. We see it um, and the nonprofit industrial complex. That's part of that, too, sure. right? Like, yeah. we, we see it in a number of sites. Um, and it's really cool because, like, just from working in the department that I work for, I've learned to make myself invisible when I need to be invisible. And I've learned to show my colors when I need to. And I think we all do that really well. Like, yeah. It's part of surviving. We have people sure. who are, you see them and they're like the most humble people. And then they open their mouths and you're like, <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> we have some pretty badass people. We do. And it's cool because like nobody's, you know, attention or power hungry. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, ah. Oh, well, it's about helping people find everything. their voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you're university president. Yes. Who, who is this character? Because <laughs> um, you, you guys also in like. Can I read this quote? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The president of the you UC. Can't eat my chicken scratch. The president of the UC also used to be the president here, Udoff. And so there's a there's a funny connection between. Really? Which, which president? President Udoff. Oh, but wow. he used to be cousin. He used, he used to be well. He used to be the president of University of Minnesota, and then he was president of UT Austin okay. or the UT system, and then he went to California. You okay, I'm, I totally just missed wow. that. There's like a there's a like, there's a Mark Udoff like loading yeah, yeah. dock. Yeah, so no, I, I know Mark G. Udoff Hall. I'm very familiar with him. Talk. He and yeah. I battled a lot. Oh, really? Okay. But so uh, let's talk about your president. Give me a little background on your president, and then we'll talk about what he said. Okay, How's so that? our president is relatively new. I think he came in about two, three years ago. 2011. 2011. His name is President Eric Kaler, um, and he is a greatest champion of neoliberalism at the university. Where does he come from? Um, I'm not certain. Where. We can look up his biography. Idalia will pull it up. Let me go Because I, I, think, I think the contemporary university president is now like almost exclusively a fundraiser, right? They're just, oh, yeah, the totally. Just to make cash. Totally, yeah. totally. And um, he's also been key in trying to shape our university's di- like future and direction. And so like one of, and this is something that's been inherited from like the last president too, but Kaler really wants to make sure that this university is one of the top three research institutions in the country, if not in the world. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, research brings in money. Right. It brings in a ton of grants, and it and it also um, tears the lens away from people of color, people of historic, historically marginalized identities and backgrounds. Well, so, it also pulls resources away from the departments right. that do support us. Exactly. Yeah. Such as the ethnic studies departments, right. the student cultural centers, what we named earlier. And I heard a story which is 
Uh, when I was at the Knox conference, the National Association for Chicana Chicano Studies conference, I heard a story about how the ethnic studies departments had funding to recruit um, students of color and Where? support them. Albert Here. Chicana? Here. Here. Have you found out about that? Over Hold there? up. So yeah. I found out about it. The, the ethnic studies departments had this program going on. They got like a $50,000 grant, mm-hmm. um, annual grant oh. to do this. All of a sudden, and it was like pretty successful. They were doing an amazing job, you know, helping students out. All of a sudden, Carlson finds out about it. They're like, oh, Carlson. the school, the school of uh, management. School of management yeah, it's another is, college at the university. Right. Um, business college. Yeah, business yeah. college. Super neoliberal. So they find out and they're like, let us support you. We will provide the organizing efforts. We will help you. Um, you don't have to share anything with us. You know, we'll do the advertising and this and that. The NX studies departments are like mm, shady, yeah. suspicious, right? But they agree to let them do this that piece of it because you know, I mean, like Chicano studies has two staff people right. who want to have faculty lines, and they have to make everything happen. So right. they're like, okay, you know, it sounds cool. Let's let's do it. Long story short, the by the time organizing, you know. Uh, season comes around the the next studies departments are trying to get a hold of the folks in carlson the carlson folks are not getting back to them you know the ethnic studies folks are like well we're kind of on a timeline we need to recruit at this time we need to create these programs at this time we need to make it happen let us know if you can't help all of a sudden they get a notification from the university saying that the money has been shifted over it has been transferred over to carlson (gasps) And then, get this, this is even worse. Then Carlson is like, you know what? We don't really know how to make this happen. Can you tell us what we need to do? Can you help us so that we can use the money at this point? Oh, my God. So, long story short, they just, like, screwed them over, took their money, and that program died out. When did this happen? Do you know the timeline? Ah, no, I don't know. But it was pretty recently. I want to say, you know, from the last five years. Oh, my God. But it's like <laughs> straight up like that. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I didn't know we were gonna get this deep. Jesus. That's yeah. disgusting. Wow. Have a sip of water. Yeah. <laughs> sip of something else, maybe. Um, <laughs> so, in speaking about the problems, so pres- of- president, management. Yeah. So, in speaking, so this is where the university comes. Like, this is where they want to go is to research, um, scientific research, and also through the business school, which gets a ton of private funding. Mm-hmm. Um, from huge corporations like Target, 3M, mm-hmm. all these Minnesota-run corporations. Um, and so, you know, whose diversity is really focusing on centering and uplifting the narrative of the historically marginalized folks and also making sure that our voices, our stories, our ideologies are still preserved and also, like, you know, shared around the institution. Mm-hmm. It's something that, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to mm-hmm. talk about liberal education, you've you got to talk about the other educators in this world because it's not just white folks it's not right. just white men it's not just white women it's not right. i mean it's so much bigger than that mm-hmm. unfortunately president kaler publicly said this in um what was this last week just a few days just ago. a few days, a few ago, days ago, ago at this this april so 14 <laughs> two days ago two days ago oh what is the title of that meeting i was so it was his um strategic planning, strategic planning meeting where it sounds like he was, he was like presenting the strategic Yeah, plan. basically yeah. what they right. have come up with. Like, they oh talked God. about their priorities. This is the end point of this, like, mm-hmm. you know, usually what's usually like a pretty comprehensive, long, right. expensive conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And what, what does he say? So at his strategic planning meeting in which he tells the university publicly about his plans, there was a question and answer session. Um, a student brought up a concern about, you know, what we were doing, um, whose diversity was doing on the second floor of Kaufman, you know, presenting a counter narrative and like asking whose diversity in the university is privileged, whose is silenced, whose is valued. Um, so he brought up this question and President Kaler responded with, and I quote, I think there are a few problems we have that are more urgent than increasing the diversity of faculty, staff, and students at the university. A few, yeah, I think there are a few problems that are more urgent. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that so, so basically, <laughs> all of you who are making noise need to shut up mm -hmm. and take your place in the line of priorities because mm -hmm. you don't matter. Yeah. And these priorities being becoming a research or becoming a doctor, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Research. Probably raising yeah. a bunch of money, and and nowhere, exactly. and nowhere in this plan do they talk about diversity. No, 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 no. So it was and like and like then, most of these things, even like just oh, like mention something about diversity just to cover that. Like it's so it's so ridiculous that, that they don't even yeah. just throw in a line somewhere. They would at least this is a footnote, like, you know? They'll oh, just throw it in. Yeah, we have an office for green diversity, which is what they usually so there's do. a black lady. Yeah. She's doing we this stuff. We have a black lady who knows what's up, Jesus. and she's gonna yeah. fix it. Which he also said later in the later conversation. Later on, but his immediate response, which tells you exactly what he's thinking, yeah. his immediate unfiltered mm -hmm. answer is we have other priorities. Right. That's mm -hmm. not really something that's even yep. a priority. <laughs> and mind you, the demographics of the University of Minnesota, um, we're located in both Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, we have 3.3% African Americans enrolled in this institution, and also, what was it, 4% Latino, Latina? Mm -hmm. I think it was 2.9. Something ridiculously like, small. Something none. <laughs> we yeah. have slim to none. Yeah. I think I know them all, actually. Let, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. If you point. walk into a classroom, you're not going to see one of us. No. no. Yeah. Most likely. No. No. And so um, this is a problem because in the Twin Cities, there are, let's see, I mean, at least 18% African Americans um, residents. And the Chicano Latino population has exploded yeah. in the last 10 15 years i mean it has grown something like 500 percent or more wow just in the last 10 15 mm -hmm. years um so when you're looking at that and you don't see those students here at the university mm -hmm. and actually uh chicano latino students are graduating at higher rates at this point in minneapolis than other communities than they ever have before mm -hmm. so our kids are graduating they're graduating, mm -hmm. they're doing what they need to do, mm -hmm. but then they're not given access to the university. No. Right? A land-grant institution, which is supposed to be for the people of Minnesota. Right. Which he does of... talk about in that message. And oh I'm my... like, you're so disgusting. Well, and the other thing he talked about, too, was um, he was talking about a foothold in oh north, north side Minneapolis. North, he called it north side? North Minneapolis. Okay, so what, what is problematic about that statement? Well, it was, like, it was like, okay. an urban, like an urban center or okay, something Okay, this weird. is the Urban Research and Outreach Code yeah. Switching 101. Like, uh... Yeah, so I found this particular statement problematic because when you th when I think about footholds, 
I think about Israel in the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> and, it certainly suggests a colonial mindset. I mean, yeah, yeah it's the idea sure. that exactly. we have exactly. this this safe white space here in order to colonize and yeah. police these people of yeah, color. So and crazy. we shall exit and conduct research in their, oh. in their native neighborhoods. Yeah, and we added outreach to sound good. <laughs> well, just and, and to keep using the word urban in, in, re- in reference to people of color, too, which yeah. is so mm-hmm. ridiculous. So ridiculous. Yeah. It's so loaded. Ah. It's everything. And they, I mean... I don't know if they don't see it or they just really don't give a shit. No, they really don't care. Don't <laughs> That's what it comes down to. No, because in California, they, again, they harbor the same feelings, but they just they give enough of a shit to know that they shouldn't say things in that way. Right. Yeah. Right here, it's just like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But a urban center where the black folks live and yep. maybe they'll some and of them will diversity. come. Diversity. Oh, we have trees. Yeah. <laughs> so trees, man. Yeah. I have the black lady to so fix it all. And North Minneapolis and, is historically. And let me, you know what? I do need to make yep. note of this. This black lady who's supposed to save the world. She's so she's the diversity, diversity officer yes, or whatever. She sent me an email. So okay, so going into this, I knew I couldn't use my U of M account because the university monitors university accounts and they have access to our shit, you know, pretty much whenever. All right. So I created an email account specifically to organize. I had not used this account for anything else other than to organize whose diversity, right. right? This woman sends me an email to that account, which I don't know how she got a hold of. Mm-hmm. And, you, and that's actually ever, on did our... Did you ever use it on your computer? Mm-hmm. Did you go through on your computer in the university? Mm-mm. So Some, Somebody's been researching you guys. Somebody's been... Oh, yeah. Amelia's white, too. Hey, I mean, researcher. You find this podcast. <laughs> If I'm going to name names, Amelia Zwaid was also looking me up on LinkedIn. And oh. on LinkedIn, you can see who's That's looking sloppy. you up. That's just sloppy. It's so Why dumb. do you use that? Oh I'm like, yeah. if you're going to be evil, Every at time. least be evil in the right way. <laughs> oh, my right? God. Like, stalk the people around me. Don't stalk right. me. Well, edit that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't edit anything out. Sorry. Um, anyway. I, I'm not trying to give them ideas on but how so, to be really evil. But, you know. So this woman emails you. So this woman sends me an email. When, okay. On an account that she back. shouldn't have access to. Right. And this is, this is the original unveiling ceremony was going to happen in January. But it was like a day that if you stood outside for 30 seconds, your yeah, face would like fall off. Yeah, it was negative yeah. 40 or some yeah. crazy Polar shit. Vortex. Yeah. yeah, so they canceled the event and they rescheduled it. But in the, on the day that the event was supposed to happen... This is just stupid to schedule it in January me, to begin with. They... Think. I think they knew that we were going to protest. And so say, they wanted to make it as comfortable as possible. Right, yeah, basically. They were like, at least you'll be freezing. Yeah. So anyway, so then she sends me an email to my personal account, and she's basically like, I understand you and Orla Rasa have been working on a set of quote-unquote demands. Uh, please call me as soon as possible. And I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, I'll be honest. At first, I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Am I going to be arrested? Am I going to die? And then I was like, you know, I talked to a few folks, and they were like, no. This is, you know, this is a way to address it. And I was like, okay, whew, you know, I'm being targeted, but I still need to find ways to not show them that I'm afraid um, and to move forward, to keep going, right? To find ways to protect myself while still organizing yeah. and doing everything. So I sent her an email, and the fact that she assumed it was La Raza was already problematic to me because I'm like, you're using my email account that you know I've only used for Who's Diversity. And you're assuming, and you know, you're making that connection yeah. that it's La Raza that she that power mapped you, and she was like, Obviously. and I'm like, no, 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 no. So then mm. I replied, and that I put the the conversations on our uh, page, so there are other people can read them. Um, 
and basically told her no and I would like to know how you got my email address and she never you know she never addressed that question she was like oh, okay you know um, thank you for giving me the right information or contact information I would still like to talk to you and she never answered how she got my email address so I was like okay then I just don't have to engage anymore well, yeah and there's, um, they're, also, they're also avoiding any documentation of anything that might right but this is the woman who's bad. supposed to fix the right. diversity problems, right. right? And instead, what she's doing is containing those right. of us who are pushing yeah. for a real vision of diversity, having a truly diverse campus. Um, she's containing that conversation. That's her job. Her job is to yeah. police us. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty fucking offensive for her, you yeah. know, yeah. that she that the assumption is that because she's a woman of color, one, that we won't read between the lines, right. that we don't know. We can have problematic politics, too, and that she's being used as a puppet to yeah. control other mm -hmm. bodies of color, mm -hmm. which is so painful, right? Um, so during the protests, they were all there, and they were all giving us the dirtiest looks ever, mm -hmm. which, which, I mean, at that moment, I was like, <laughs> look at me. You wanted to talk to me? I'm here, right? Mm -hmm. But other people had never seen that. Mm -hmm. And that that allowed for that moment of consciousness to mm -hmm. happen. So it's a nice little teachable moment. Yeah, oh. students who had never seen that kind of intensity, which some of us are used to, <laughs> sure, um, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, they had the opportunity to see that. And they were like, oh, this is real, mm -hmm. you know? So. Yeah. Right. There were some like unintended positive outcomes, um, other than what we intended to do. Right. Um, that came with that, so it was good. It was a good day. It was mm -hmm. a good day to be a Mexican. <laughs> 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 Whose quote is that? I don't know. It was, I, is it uh, one of the like one of the Mexican. farm worker organizers? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just... Like, it was a good day to be a Chicano. <laughs> no, not the farm workers, but the the Chicano moratorium. Or the, uh, the high school walkout? Yeah. One of the organizers. Oh, the, is yeah. Like, Sal. Sal Vendo. I don't know. Yeah, Sal. Yeah. But yeah. So apparently he's a professor of chemical engineering and material science. What are you talking about? Taylor. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? Totally random. What was his job before being president? He was the vice president for Brookhaven Affairs at Stony Brook University. For Brook? For what first? Uh, Brookhaven Affairs, whatever that is. It's probably a program or something. Yeah. At Stony Brook. He's a, so he's an academic guy? Huh. He is. Usually. He's an engineer, I think. Hmm. So he definitely knows about that level of fundraising. Lonely. So what, what was the event last week? Um, I got yeah. into that a little bit. We didn't talk about it at all. Yeah, yeah. So um, the latest event that Who's Diversity held was... Um, a testimony collection event mm -hmm. in which we were again you know very intentional about how we design the space and how we design the event programming um even the guava candies wow guava candies that was very intentional oh, too yes. do you I, love I, them i love them oh, you love good. them i they're like the best candy in the well, world i grew up with the guava tree in my backyard so it's oh. very nostalgic for me too yeah. yeah i have some if you want now you know where to find them <laughs> I mean, I, I took the leftovers. Cool. Um, yeah, so um, testimony collection can sound kind of weird, but basically what we wanted to do was, again, center, celebrate, and also show the university the stories um, and the experiences of the students, faculty, and staff 
of historically marginalized backgrounds here at the university, mm -hmm. um, their experiences at the U. And so this mm -hmm. kind of springs off the conversation of the I2M Harvard, um, I2M insert university name here, in which um, folks took pictures up like with their statements of you know microaggressions or blatant racism mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, at their university, the, whatever hostility they're right, the hostility with. that they're facing, and so we wanted to contribute to that conversation and also show the University of Minnesota that this isn't just a fringe minority that's organizing. Right. This isn't just what they claim. They right. Like, right, all those protesters were just a fringe minority. Rebel they're rebel like, yeah, um, uh, no. no right. This is deeply seated. Yeah, yeah. this is deeply seated. Yeah. So we wanted to contribute to the national movement, but also document the experiences here at the University of Minnesota to just say, like, none of us are crazy. These experiences are real. They've happened, and this is why we exist, and this is why things need to change. Um, and so. We held a space for people to share their stories in whatever way they cho chose. Um, we tried to make sure there was as many options available, um, going from video audio recording to um, taking photos, much like the campaign for the I2M Harvard. With, with like a whiteboard thing. With a whiteboard yeah. thing. Um, to we had written computer stations computer people could stations. submit anonymous testimonies. Mm -hmm. Written testimonies. Cool. And then we also had an art station where people could create their own testimony um, using, you know, crayons and Yeah, some people paint. were making like a like a like a board, like a presentation yeah, board yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just so because we know that many people want to share their stories differently. So we were right. very intentional in making or, sure there were a lot of options. Or only feel comfortable sharing them in very particular ways. Exactly, right. exactly. Right. Yeah. This is about pain. Well, and especially, you know, I mean, this happens a lot. And going back to the consumption of stories, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that we're really aware that, um, for example, for communities of color, when it comes to t sharing your testimony, there's a very particular expectation from the white gaze, yeah, right? Sure. right? That sure. you either have to make it consumable so that it's not mm -hmm. offensive to mm -hmm. white folks, mm -hmm. or that um, it's going to be misinterpreted, or that there's like, it's very problematic how those exchanges happen, mm -hmm. right? Or that you're being forced to share your story. Right. So we wanted to make it as comfortable as possible mm -hmm. um, so that people could feel sharing as little or as much as they wanted mm -hmm. um, so that people could do it anonymously if they didn't want to have like one-on-one -on -one interactions um, so that people could get creative because art is healing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's just a given and you know, kind of creating a product that will allow you to see your story in a very different way um, is also a really powerful tool for sharing mm -hmm. testimony. So yeah. that's why we were very intentional about having like glitter, <laughs> glitter paint. Glitter makes the world a better place. Really. Um, okay, it's a fact. It's a fact. Okay. Whatever you say. I, don't like, I don't like to disagree with my guests. So Everyone should take note of that. Glitter <laughs> does make the world a better place. Huh. Um, and wild candy. So, yeah. you know, we... And and we also created uh, La Raza. They were really amazing uh, by offering their space. We asked them if we could have a safe space in La Raza so that mm -hmm. people could go decompress if they felt like, you know, the, the testimony was just too intense and they needed a mm -hmm. moment alone. We asked La Raza if we could use their space and they were like, yeah, for sure. You know, and so we put up signs that said safe space so that people could go up there and chill for a little bit. Because it was um, really jarring to like walk out of that room and into like the sort of right. loungy, yeah. like, isolated, sterile. Yeah. their Jamba juice. And I was like, oh, right. this is right. ugly, right? right. right. Um, so we wanted to have 
that uh, so that you know people could go sit and, and then getting back know. on the bus. I just you know it's yeah. a, it's well the, and you know what I've shared like I've yeah. shared my story and sometimes you're like crying and you're yeah, like sure. what do I do? Well shit, I'll go hide in the bathroom for like five <laughs> minutes <laughs> and then sprinkle some water in my face and then I'll be okay and you keep going. You know, but we so didn't want decompress that. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, we didn't want that. So mm-hmm. it was a really good day. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and we're also having an ongoing collection form online. So, and also, if people want to send in photos, um, we're it's not just contained to that one day right. and that one event. It's something that we want, we hope, is ongoing and just to capture the stories and the experiences of the people here that are often silenced or marginalized or told that we're overthinking Dismissed things. Or we're, yeah, I think what I hear the most is like we're we're too defensive. Yeah, oh, we're just too defensive, Vidiberto. Like, you're, you're just trying to find something to be offended or about. You're not being objective, or you're being too emotional, mm-hmm. or that's just, this is how we get dismissed, mm-hmm. right? Like, I had a coworker that was like, "Well, my husband's from Peru. He doesn't oh, say those things." Oh God! Yeah. I was well, like, "Yeah, I mean, Latin American folks have a very different conception to, of race." Her, her husband needs to talk to us. Uh, <laughs> no, and you know what? And that's part of what we're trying to get to. Also, that um, the reality is that a lot of us have to deal with internalized um, mm-hmm. shame. You mm-hmm. know, racism. Uh, transphobia, homophobia, classism, Ableism. you know, it, like we, we deal with these things and that's a reality yeah. mm-hmm. that we all embody or, you know, the vast majority of us embody marginality and privilege at the same time. Yeah. Sure. And that's why we're critiquing the systems. The systems themselves are, you know, what need to be pushed back on because, yeah, I mean, We've had conversations amongst ourselves in whose diversity and, mm-hmm. and trying to find ways to, one, be mindful of those things as we engage with each other, as we talk to each other, but also so that when we run into the into the catrices of the world, mm-hmm. we can be like, this is why this is yeah. problematic. It's not about you being a black woman. Right. Being a black woman is not enough. Um, your ideas... Yeah. And what you're putting out mm-hmm. and your actions reflect something. To, I mean, we have kind of Lisa Rice coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, you know, I mean, that's an extreme example. Right. But well, it, yeah. well, that's it's, also it's, part of that. It's like the distinction between using your heritage as a person of color as, like, a, something empowering and affirming mm-hmm. or right. or selling it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Or selling right. that perspective and oppressing exactly. folks that... And being the token person of color right. Right. and engaging in white patriarchy or mm-hmm. white supremacy still mm-hmm. or patriarchy or whatever mm-hmm. those, you know, those systems are. Um, so I think that's why we're kind of hard to pinpoint, mm-hmm. which is really powerful because, you know, we're, we're not attacking people. We're attacking right. systems. We're right. questioning systems uh, that need to be changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, I, and when I think about immigrant communities too, and just what we were talking about before about internalized aspects, aspects, like not every immigrant. I mean, m- many of us uh, grew up born in the United States, but our family backgrounds may not be in poverty right. in our right. home countries, right? right. And like, right. especially for Mexicans, like there's so many of the folks that I know that are Mexican that just have so much pe- bigotry towards indigenous folks of oh. Chiapas and Oaxaca and yep. people within my family. Like, it's not like yep. you know, it's just like a little, little happy little conversation that's no, just reserved not. for it's outward. Messy. It's also inward too for us. Right. Right. Um, things that we have to sort of and especially deal I think with also for for immigrant communities, it takes you a while to realize what it means to be racialized once you find yourself yeah. in the U.S. Right. in that particular be context. Here, yeah. Because it's a new context. And so, you know, I mean, and this is not exclusive to, you know, the Mexicano-Latino community. Yeah. It happens to other communities. Sure. I, I sit in this office and I see things that I'm like, but 
you're being looked at as a person of color. And they don't, like, I, I mean, I can't say that flat out. <laughs> um, you know, they're not looking at you. You know, mm-hmm. I know the source of some of these attacks. But it's up to people to find out on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not my place to be like, well, you're kind of brown. This is why they're looking at you that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it takes a while to get that consciousness. Right. Mm-hmm. And without even talking about like light skin privilege and right. all those other aspects. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. Really pale, all of that. Yeah. Really pale Mexican kid. Yeah. Hmm. It's messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It just reminds me of the Cambodian kids I grew up with in California, too. We had a lot of Cambodian refugees. And uh, there, there's certainly like a racial hierarchy within the Asian American community where the Cambodian folks are mm-hmm. way on the bottom. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Any darker skinned folks. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, I'm half Hmong, um, half Korean, and like definitely the Hmong folks too. Like, we were targeted in China, in Laos, and Vietnam, wherever mm-hmm. we ended up um, as being barbaric and savages just because we did not live the way that these folks wanted us to and so like mm-hmm. and, and like even now when we're in the United States I mean we're the most like I think recently immigrated like large like mass yeah. immigration of Asian American Southeast Asian American populations um, and so like I see research studies on Hmong people about how we're the poorest and like the mm-hmm. most uneducated people and I'm like well there's a reason for that <laughs> I mean this doesn't just come out of nowhere you got dumped from like a refugee camp exactly. to like Minneapolis and Fresno exactly <laughs> and like Jesus. and think about how we got to those refugee camps I mean right. the US the recruited us. And... yeah they recruited us for a war um, yeah. the Vietnam War yeah. to fight for the United States right. hit us Go to the Viet Cong. Mm-hmm. Yep, Viet Cong didn't like us, so they wanted to kill us, so we had to be refugees. And straight out of the mm-hmm. field, I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, they cause these so, problems, and then they complain about why they're here. <laughs> well, thank you. That's what happens. I mean, and that's yeah. like such a, a <sighs> evil mall. They all sit in these long tables and cackle. Right. I know. All of these plants. <laughs> but that's exactly why Mexicans come too, as a consequence of these actions, mm-hmm. right? I mean, well, it's not surprising that you have a shitload of Guatemans coming in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how is that? that how do you not make that logic? You have people like me. From Southern, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming in after these, like, transnational economic policies are put into effect. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you really think the folks are not going to, like, try to find another place? I mean, yeah. it's deep. Yeah. Yeah. So in the, in the last hour we've been talking, it's like snowing way more. Oh God! It's getting wider and wider. I am so afraid <sighs> to try to get home. Unfortunately, I can barely see downtown. I can't see anything. Yeah, and I'm not that blind. <laughs> um, I think so. I think my takeaway, because I have to describe it to you guys somehow, my little oh God, scripters. of all these conversations. Uh, so what I, what I hear is it's a it's a collective, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. First and foremost, it's not like a student org. Or anything, no, it's a collective that. That in that sort of it's an organic collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in giving testimony, both um, intends to try to heal our community, but also right. but also draw attention to the the issues associated with the university and its policies. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're seeking to enact change. And I, and I think I, I <clears throat> as someone that studies um, genocide too, I think the idea of testimony is very central to um, one putting the government, Guatemalan government. To count to task for what they did and what the generals what they did, mm-hmm. but also the idea behind it too is to, to try to heal the pain, the intense mm-hmm. pain that these communities have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily work well or in the ways that folks intend, but it's a step yeah. to try to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, I can speak for myself, but now every time something out of control happens, I'm like, I'm going to that Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went out and then I feel really good because I'm like, yes, now I don't have to just carry that on my shoulders. Because honestly, yeah. I mean, working with graduate students, um, I carry all those stories with me. And sure. it can be really draining. Sure. It can be really exhausting. Because I'm a safe person for them, and which I love them for that, you know, that they feel comfortable uh, trusting me with these things and that I can be a support. Uh, um, But at the same time, I do carry all these stories with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I need to find a way to channel all of that. And this has been my free therapy. (laughs) I'm like, free therapy. And, And because I know that it's, I'm doing it for a purpose. I'm yeah. not just reliving right. my story. I'm not just resharing my testimony yet again. Right. I'm actually being intentional about why I share the things and how I share the things that I share. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so it's really empowering in that sense. You well, know? It, it loses that self-absorption that is consistent in, in right. the white aspects mm-hmm. of the internet and, and within yeah. Twitter and like YouTube right. and all this shit. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. It's white yeah. people just be like, I'm white. Oh. Yeah. Girl, <laughs> life is hard. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jesus. White tears. No. All, these, all these like middle income blogs about nothing. Oh just, like, God. Oh, about food yes. or whatever. Like bees. Yeah. I have bees. Or... I have oh bees. God. My blog about bees. <laughs> I live in Minnesota. Yep. So I have bees. Bees, yoga, and being like, come vegan. Come on. <laughs> Look at my award for bees. I'm actually describing someone I know that. Oh God. Not a friend of mine. Just someone that always whatever. Like three degrees removed. <laughs> Look at these black children I saved. Oh, like, no. This is, this is my former employer. This is, this is what these spaces oh, are, right? Yeah. And, it's, and, it's like, and it's like, you can either be self-absorbed and be a dick, or you can try to create an outlet that, like, mm-hmm. other people... Because the, the thing about testimony, too, and, like, sharing these stories is it encourages other... The, reminds right. other people that are, like, just starting out, just mm-hmm. starting to figure out these spaces, mm-hmm. may not have the vocabulary, but, like, oh, yeah, yeah. someone else has experienced this. Yeah. I can, yeah. I, maybe I can talk about yeah. it. Right? This is and, the important part of these things. Right, and I think, like, the biggest thing for me, too, is that, like, coming into this, like, group is I realized, like, I'm not crazy. Like, I mean, I, <laughs> there are so many no. meetings that I came just, like, mm-hmm. bawling because something, mm-hmm. like, really violent happened, but mm-hmm. like, by one of my teachers or my classmates that, like, I can tell my white roommates at home, and they'll be like, what? Are you sure? They, yeah, are you sure? You're it's overreacting. Did they say sorry? You didn't mean it. Yeah, no, no, I think, yeah. Um, but, like, coming to this group, and, like, Idalia just said, like, you know, she's, give, like, all these people that I work with give me hugs and, like, tell me, like, you know, this is why this happens, give me the theories, give me some grounding, and telling me that, like, no, this isn't you just making stuff up in your head. This is <laughs> right? something that's real. It happened. It, like, it yeah. did happen. And it deserves action, right? Yeah. It's not just, yeah. It's not just about telling each other. It deserves right. action. Right, exactly. And, and that's why... a target, mm-hmm. right? right? An because, analysis. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, even even just feeling validated is... No, it's, it's, it's huge. monumental. It's monumental. Yeah. It's huge, because... Yeah. You know how often, I mean, when I went to the chair of my department and I was like, you know what, my supervisor just said this. Basically, to like save you the, spare you the details, she basically said people of color have lies and that's why her white children got lies. And oh I was my like, God. and then, so, so when I went to the chair of my department and I had three and a half to four pages of documented incidents of things like this happening. Um, she was like, well, are you sure? And I was like, what? Are you 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm sure. And she was like, well, you know, she did say this to me. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, this needs to be investigated. This needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And what trips me out, so I used to work at Radio Shack. I was a salesperson. Yeah, yeah, and when yeah. shit happened there, it got addressed immediately. Oh, like, really? people lost jobs for saying wow. fucked up things. And huh. that does not happen here. No. no. That does not no. happen here. Because you're I'm supposed like, to be better here because it's university. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, I mean, they didn't mean it because they all know better. Right. Because everybody Because we've knows, done diversity training. Because the so. Western feminists know better. Right. 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 And because yes. I read one article by Patricia Hill Collins, like, I'm not a racist. And they might stumble into Black Girl Dangerous every once in a while. Because I know about the invisible knapsack. Oh my god! <laughs> because I know all about that. No, you don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I read Gloria and Saldua. And, so, ah. and Saldua. Because I know about Chicanas. Oh my no, god. you don't. Because I dream about Aztec Warriors. Because, we... <laughs> <laughs> because they speak to me in dreams. I have... Because I have a spirit animal, you guys. Because <laughs> I married a black guy. I mean, that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yes! Because Catrice Albert is the chair and of the officer of Qu- yeah. for equity and diversity, mm-hmm. and she's handling shit. Yeah, and because she made things better at her previous institutions. Yes. Better for who? In Alabama. Kaler. Better the deep for who? Better for the administration, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's why all she right, got so the job. Where do all these documents live? So, most of them live on our website, which is, uh, which is whosdiversity.weebly.com. People are really bad at plugging themselves on my podcast. I'm yeah. like, come on, guys. You got to plug. <laughs> so, I will spell it out. Yes. Um, dot com. And, of course, link to it. Whosdiversity.weebly.com. <laughs> So, um, or if you just Google who's diversity U M N, I'm sure it will come up. You'll find our <laughs> Facebook hoping. page, Twitter. And so you have a you have yeah. a Facebook page, a, a actual Weebly page. If you yeah. search who's Twitter diversity account. Tumblr, oh, we have a thing Tumblr that pops too. up. You have a Tumblr, yeah. Twitter. We also have it. We have Instagram, but we don't. We have an email address. <laughs> Smoke signals work as well. And a YouTube, well, YouTube. What else? We have, well, we have um, messenger doves. <laughs> We have sticks and strings. Cans and strings. You we name a, it, we have it. We have a very loud guy that's on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Diversity. <laughs> like those like those guys in old England who would yeah. like shout the news. Oh. What are they called? Um <laughs> News shouters? <laughs> no. They have a name. Anyway, one Constables. of those. I don't know. So so Eurocentric of you, Lilalia. Yeah, well, that's Goodness. what I'm all about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we gotta wrap this up. Okay. This has been over an hour. This is oh. getting crazy. An hour ah. ten. Okay. Well, but um, and then cool. yeah, any, check um, us out. Check us out. Support us. Like mm-hmm. us. Um, if, if other so, if somebody was listening to this and they're at some other institution mm-hmm. and they want to mm, contact us, engage in the same model. Yeah. We're all about sharing. Mm-hmm. Whoever's still listening um, to the podcast. <laughs> I don't know who gets to the end. I have no idea. I don't have well, around that. The, the, I don't, I don't know. I offered yeah. a discount once. It's so like, if you're still listening, you get a discount. <laughs> I think Amelia, <laughs> Amelia went and listened to the whole thing. She found it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you have to have incentives. Well, you can get it's guava candy from it's us. Small. Yep, yep. We have guava candy. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you listen this far, folks, we will mail you guava candy. Check us out. We will mail you guava candy. Send yep, me your yep. information. <laughs> I will dutifully do so. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Free shipping. Well, we'll ship it to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a like on your page. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, hit us up. Let us know. I mean, if folks from the U of M are the University of Minnesota are checking us out, you can always submit your testimonies. Um, we're taking them on a rolling. But you can take basis. them from anybody, though, right? Like if yeah. somebody at the University of Nevada, or something or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're all about you know creating community, yeah. and if anyone is like organizing somewhere mm-hmm. else. We'll be more than happy to share our resources, share like our structure, how mm-hmm. we're doing things. Maybe um, wants to maybe pull a conference together. Mm-hmm. Be yeah. fun. Some sort yeah. of gathering. Let's not call yeah. it a conference. Let's call it like a yeah. right. Because you guys are collective. Some sort of a carne asada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> carne asada. We'll grill, get together and grill. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah. thank you all for listening. And awesome. Thank you. Hopefully you're listening. Whoever's still here, thanks a lot. <laughs> We have we We're have made it this far. chocolate refills too. <laughs> champurado. I still insist on champurado. Well, you have your cravings. I have mine. <laughs> All right, we're gonna end now. Thanks, okay. folks. All right, thank Bye. you. Appreciate Bye. It. Bye. Bye.